0: Bad
1: and bo- Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Erica. And it's our Massages of the Week pod. It's, to be honest, I think it might be my favorite one. <laughs> Only because like Massages of the Week, it can be, it's like very snappy, although generally kind of like depressing it's I'll uh, try to put some humor into it's, it's always so it's fun true. yeah um so our misogynist of the week for this week is jason bateman uh you may have heard that uh arrested development is coming back for season five i think this week and uh the new york times published a profile on the cast um who are promoting this season Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, who plays George Sr., was accused of sexual harassment last fall on the set of his other show, Transparent, and subsequently fired. The press tour for Arrested Development has been fraught, as Tambor was also accused of verbal harassment by his Arrested Development co-star, Jessica Walter, who plays Tambor's wife on the show, Lucille. At one point during the New York Times interview, the topic of Tambor's behavior came up and the following exchange took place between Jason Bateman, Jessica Walter, and Alia Okay. Bateman goes on to almost justify the behavior by saying that acting is a process, and to expect people to have perfect processes to get to their art is unrealistic, and that these types of things and incidences are just what happens when you're a family. Since the interview, however, Bateman has received... Well, he's kind of been uh, dragged quite extensively on Twitter, uh, and he has uh, since apologized for his comments. His apology reads, Based on listening to the New York Times interview and hearing people's thoughts online, I realize that I was wrong here. I sound like I'm condoning yelling at work. I do not. It sounds like I'm excusing Jeffrey. I do not. It sounds like I'm insensitive to Jessica. I am not. In fact... I'm horrified that I wasn't more aware of how this incident affected her. I was so eager to let Jeffrey know that he was supported in his attempt to learn, grow, and apologize that I completely underestimated the feelings of the victim, another person I deeply was. And she was sitting right there. I'm incredibly embarrassed and deeply sorry to have done that to Jessica. This is a big learning moment for me. I shouldn't have tried so hard to mansplain or fix a fight or make everything okay. I should have, should have focused more on what was the most important part of it all. Is that there's never any excuse for abuse in any form from any gender, and the victim's voice needs to be heard and respected. Period. I didn't say, I didn't say that, and instead said a bunch of other stuff and not very well. I deeply and sincerely apologize. Give that publicist a raise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he even used mansplain. How good for him. He used many genders. I know. He's he seems all woke. He's not. <laughs> I I just want to start this off by saying that Jason. I've never liked Jason Bateman. Oh, he just he just screams white male mediocrity to me. Me um,
1: not as much as other men.
0: Well, OK, I, I there there is a race to the bottom in that category. I do agree. But I never found him funny. I never found him engaging. I never found anything, like, personal. Like, I've seen, like, do you know he has that Netflix show, The Ozarks, right? I I mean, I've never watched it. I've watched it. He's,
1: meh. Okay.
0: I mean, meh. So, for him to, like, fix his mouth and to (laughs) say the things that, I just, I don't, I don't, like the idea of white mediocrity just you know waxing poetic on bullshit stuff they don't understand with their bullshit Mm -hmm. that's this is this is my whole thing I just I can't but having said that you've heard me say that many many times I'm just saying that this is another example I they basically ganged up on her Mhm And this is another example of why women don't report sexual harassment. Why would you on the in the workplace, you are confined and subject to retaliation. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Jason Bateman basically spearheaded that makes him a garbage human, in my opinion. And you know Jeffrey Tambor seems to be—he's a predator. I don't care what anybody says. There's no mistake. He didn't get fired from trans. What is the transgressions? Transparent. Trans. <laughs> transgressions. Okay, that must have been Freudian. <laughs> um, transparent. What you think he was just fired? I'm sure he has a long history of this. This is not his first rodeo. He knows how to corral people into his space and to, um, stick up for him. He knows how to dictate that space to squeeze out the person who is uh, accusing him of harassment. He knows how to manipulate everybody. And the fact that Jason Bateman sat up there and supported him he's either a sec uh he's either a harasser himself or he's a damn fool that's my point
1: yeah like i, I have a lot of thoughts about this um, if you read the the whole interview you can see the transcript of what was said and the everyone else in the room was kind of very uncomfortable they're like oh like i agree with you and i agree with you i agree with everyone everyone's so cool okay um but uh the, uh, the girl who plays the daughter, Alia Shawcat, she, sorry, the cousin, she um, speaks only twice mm. in the entire interview. Really? She, the one time is what you hear in the clip where she's trying to interject and saying that, okay, but it's never okay and times are changing. Mm-hmm. And the other time is when the interviewer directly, specifically asks her a question. Mm-hmm. Because I think she's just so like, I want no part of like, of being complicit in this type of behavior. And I am here out of, you know, professional obligations and I'm going to, I'm going to play the game. I'm going to do what I need to do, but I, I refuse to be complicit in this type of behavior. Um, so I think that's, that's good. And I think that she was kind of put in a shitty position. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is how, Jason Bateman refers to the set as family, the cast as family. Yeah, I found that troublesome too. Um, Anne Helen Peterson from BuzzFeed wrote a a thing about why this is problematic. And, you know, these people, yes, they spend so much time together. The the show has been recording on and off for 15 years. But... uh, They're not family. Like they don't they weren't they don't choose to see each other all the time. You know, people talk about their friends are family, and yes, because you choose to engage with them, you choose to make them close to you. These people are put into a situation and calling your colleagues your family is not accurate because it's not a choice. You're given the hand you're dealt, but also you using words like love and loyalty means that you can't say things about them. You can't stand up for yourself. You can't create some sort of animosity. You have to accept that, oh, Uncle Bob's, you know, he's a harasser. He's a bully. He's whatever. And you just have to accept that that's who he is when you actually don't. And it's making excuses for being treated poorly in your workplace by your quote unquote family. The workplace
0: isn't your fucking family. Like, can we just a- agree to that? They don't have... Okay, first of all, they have... I And I'm not going to say family is blood. But they have no... They didn't... You're right. They didn't choose to work with you. They didn't choose to... They weren't... They, they're not there by choice or by... Um, Compassion or emotion, or or because they like you, they're there because they were hired alongside with you. Mm-hmm. Like that does not make a family.
1: Yeah, and so um, and Helen Peterson writes, when a workplace is facing cuts, the the boss will often make a speech to keep up morale. You know, they'll say, "We're a family here wherever. We stick together." And this is um, kind of a different sort of messaging than you know a union. Um, We're sticking together becomes a means to argue against exploitation. Oh, yeah. Um, But Mm -hmm. when the message comes from a manager or a boss that says sticking together means enduring sacrifice and she continues and says, quote, in cases like these invoking the family of the workplace becomes a means of blunting anger of subliminating resistance. If you push back, it suggests you're not harming a company that benefits from your labor. You're harming your family. And the guilt, the natural responsibility we feel towards family members is generally sufficient to keep workers in line and resign to their new fate, whether it means a loss of wages or pension, an increase to hours, or the removal of mechanisms like tenure meant to ensure job stability. Speaking up for yourself, that's hurting the family. To call a workplace a family is to elevate the loyalty one should feel to the idea of the company and its members and simultaneously excuse, flatten, any bad behavior or damage inflicted
0: why do these workplaces and i see this a lot in um in you know in sort of like workplace or work or management publications why do these workplaces think that they deserve loyalty when they can get rid of you in a heartbeat
1: you know that's a good question because they were generous enough to offer you the position in the first place. Don't act like this is a this is a charitable.
0: And this is what I'm saying about like corporate values. Like why like loyalty does not work one way. Mm-hmm. And these and these these workplaces expect you to give up of you to give of yourself for their benefit. But they can get rid of you at any time because you speak up for yourself, you can't excommunicate somebody from a family. I know I I used two terms that were, I know what I did. But <laughs> but the point is, is that once they're your family, you're stuck with them.
1: Yeah, you can be estranged from them, but they're still They're still blood. your family, right? That's the
0: reality of it. They're yours forever. At the same time, to- what I find is that, is that, Corporations, I saw somebody on Twitter. I'm just gonna dive into this. I there was somebody tweeted something about how he'd never hire anybody who doesn't spend more than two or three years at a job, even though he himself never has, by the way, and how you know it's a red flag. You should see how he got piled on, hmm. and it was this idea that. You should be loyal to a job for at least a certain amount of time before you can give before you can move on. What if you're in a toxic work environment, and we know that that happens more often than people think? Mm-hmm. So what if so you can't save yourself from that environment because you've only been there six months? That's bullshit. It is such bullshit, and this idea that bateman tries to espouse overall family you're not fucking family you're you're actors on a set of a show you have a camaraderie you don't have a family and no wonder no wonder our families are so fucked up if we think this is what family is like come on i i just i just you know and his 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 apology missed that point Mm -hmm. that you know the camaraderie amongst us it is it's like
1: family but it's not family family,
0: okay there's no there are no nobody's asked to do anything that's well let me put it to you this way it's contractually based Mm -hmm. so it can't be family how about that
1: yeah if you choose to engage with these people in your own personal time, then maybe they, some of them can become family, but like the, all of them together all the time, that's probably... Yeah,
0: and that's a choice. Yeah. And that's a choice that two parties make. And that is legitimate. But this idea that the workplace is somehow... And it, I also think there's another, there's another issue to this, is the fact that we're not spending time developing relationships. We're always at work. Mm-hmm. So now the workplace is... Is to get people to keep s- like sacrificing and inputting and investing in it is now trying to make it easier for you to be at work more. Right. They're making it funner, they're making it open, they're giving you food and coffee, and they want to tell you that you're their family. Well, they're not. Mm-hmm. And it's no wonder that, you know, these, that in these times, employment or the idea of employment extends beyond doing your fucking job and getting paid for it and going home. Because a lot of us have nobody to go home to. And that's real talk.
1: Yeah, and so I think that um, another kind of related thing, because, you know, when in referring to your colleagues as family, as Jason Bateman has, and kind of skating over and making excuses for people, You know, that's a real thing that people do generally. Like, Jason Bateman had no regard for Jessica Walters' feelings in this situation. He, and that's not different than anyone you probably know. Like, there are men like this everywhere. And yes, there are gonna be men who are the Jeffrey Tambors and who are going to be the bully, who are going to be the harasser and the assaulter and treat you like shit. But we also have to be very cognizant. That the men like Jason Bateman are just as dangerous, if be, even if it's not overt. The complacency, I think, is
0: um more insidious than anything else. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's hard to identify, right? It's hard to measure. It's hard to measure its impact or its input. It's that. It's the difference between a dull buzzing pain and like a high impact thing right the high impact thing jars you more it affects you more in a certain space of time but the you get to recovery sooner the dull buzzing pain is always in the background and i find that and it 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 damages you more over time mm-hmm. because it's consistent and what i'm trying to say is that complacency and basically what Jason Bateman did was uphold a status quo and, and speak out for a status quo instead of saying to his so-called family member or even like mediating or taking a mediator's position. Cause he didn't mm-hmm. um, is more dangerous over time. This dulling effect, this, this, it prevents bystander intervention. It prevents telling people that they're wrong it prevents addressing a problem it prevents even allowing the person who is making certain um, who's making the the accusations or whatever it doesn't allow them space to process and to really uh, to heal really so uh, we we as a society have become very, much like that in everything and um i think the results are a decay
1: really of society itself well that does it for our Masauders of the week don't forget to follow us on social media on twitter bad and bitchy on instagram at bad and bitchy pod facebook slash bad and b podcast and send us your questions for our dear bitches feminist advice column to bad and be pod at gmail.com. Bye.